be seated. On last week, we heard the good news that Jesus is a friend of sinners. And Jesus, when he was asked, why does he eat at the table with tax collectors and sinners, he said to them, those who are well have no need of a physician, but those who are sick. He told them, go and learn what this means. I desire mercy and not sacrifice. For I came not to call the righteous, but sinners. Later on, the disciples of John the Baptist came to him and they asked, why do your disciples not fast? Jesus said, can the wedding guests mourn as long as the bridegroom is with them? Essentially, he was saying that this is not the time for fasting and mourning. This is the time for joy and celebration for the Messiah is in your midst. Jesus told them that the days will come when the bridegroom is taken away from them, and then it will be time to fast. That's where we pick up this morning. Our text said, that while he was saying these things to them, behold, a ruler came in and knelt before him. What we're going to see this morning is what I like to call desperate faith. Let's look at these stories together. First of all, let's look at the faith of this ruler in verses 18 through 26. This ruler comes to Jesus and he kneels before Jesus. This would have been highly unordinary and unusual. This man is in the other synoptic gospels of Mark and Luke. They tell us that his name is Jairus. And he was a, a ruler of the synagogue. He ran the synagogue service. And he likely would have been a man of high honor, a man of, 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 of who was well to do, but yet he comes into this house where Jesus is supping with, with, with tax, collector, tax collectors and sinners. And Jesus, this man, this ruler, kneels before Jesus, recognizing the authority of Christ. And already we see this ruler demonstrating faith in Christ's authority. When he says to Jesus, I know that all you have to do is lay your hand on my dead daughter's body and she will live. Notice, this man is desperate. He has nowhere else to turn. He's hurting Deeply, he is experiencing a pain that he never felt in his life. This hurt like nothing he had ever experienced before. And now his desperation leads him to Jesus. The text says that Jesus rose and followed him. Jesus honors this man's faith. Jesus stops what he's doing. 
to follow this man. Now, this man's faith is about to be tested because there's now a divine interruption on the way to the ruler's house. Jesus now is met by another person of desperation. This person is a woman who suffered from a discharge of blood for 12 years. Imagine with me. Some of you are like, no, I don't need to imagine with you. Imagine this woman suffering. 12 years of cramping. 12 years of soiled clothes. 12 years of exhaustion from the anemia. Not only was this woman suffering physically, but she also suffered socially. Because of her ongoing bleeding, she was ostracized by people because she was deemed unclean by the law. Let me show it to you. Leviticus chapter 15, beginning with verse 25, reads, If a woman has a discharge of blood for many days, not at the time of her mystical impurity, or if she has a discharge beyond the time of her impurity, she shall be unclean. Every bed on which she lies, all the days of her discharge shall be to her as the bed of her impurity. And everything on which she sits shall be unclean, as in the uncleanness of her mystical impurity. And whoever touches these things, they shall be unclean and shall wash his clothes and bathe himself in water and be unclean until the evening. This woman has been socially restricted for 12 years. One of the, one of the things that breaks my heart is that in this pandemic for over a year, there have been people who have not experienced human touch. And now, multiply that times 12. For 12 years, this woman has not felt human touch. No girl's night out for this woman. She suffers, she suffers uh, socially. She suffered physically. But she's also, also suffered spiritually. Because she was unclean, she could not go to the synagogue. She could not participate in corporate worship. She could not hear the word of God expounded and applied. She could not be encouraged by her, the fellow people of God. Not only did she suffer physically, socially, and spiritually, Matthew omits this information, but the other writers tell us she also suffered financially. She spent everything she had on doctors and Mark would tell us she only got worse. This woman is suffering from an incurable condition. She is at the point of desperation. And so she says to herself, if I only touch the hem of his garment, I will be made well, this woman's desperation leads her to take a risk. The text says that Jesus turned and seeing her, he said, take heart, daughter. Your faith has made you well. Notice again that Matthew highlights this woman's faith. And as a result of her faith in Christ, 
She has been saved from this incurable condition. So now we get back to the desperation of the ruler. Jesus now gets to this ruler's house and he sees flute players and a crowd. This, this was how Jews mourned. There were flute players who played their flute and then professional mourners who wailed for the dead person. And just Jesus tells, tells them, go away. For the girl is not dead, but she's sleeping. They obviously have a lack of faith because Matthew records that they laughed at Christ when he, he said she was not dead, but sleeping. And this is exactly why Jesus told them to go away. Jesus refuses to act when there is skepticism about his authority. But Jesus also dismissed them because he knew they were unnecessary. They were there for a funeral, but Jesus was there for a resurrection. Matthew now what Matthew has done is he has heightened the effect of the authority of Christ. Before, he's shown us that Christ has authority over demons, disease, and disaster. But now he shows us that Jesus also has authority over death. Jesus is the one, as Revelation 1 said, who holds in his hand the keys of death and hell. And beloved Matthew wants us to see that if Jesus has authority over death, then there is nothing which is not under his authority. Jesus is the conqueror of death. Thus, I'm convinced that Matthew is showing us that since Jesus has authority over demons, disease, disaster, and death, we should put all of our faith and trust in him who has all authority. I'm convinced that this morning someone has showed up who is desperate. And Jesus says, if you are desperate this morning, he points us to Christ. Matthew would teach us, beloved, that desperate times call for desperate faith. Let's move on now to the faith of two blind men in verses 27 through 31. We have another miracle story beginning in verse 27. Two blind men followed Christ and cried out, have mercy on us, son of David. These two blind men are yet in another desperate situation. They are both without sight. They have never seen the bright sunshine, the, the greenness of the green trees. They haven't seen the smiling faces of other image bearers. Yet here they are following Christ and cry out for mercy, compassion, kindness. Notice here that they address Jesus as the son of David. If you remember, this is actually the second time we've experienced this title attributed to Jesus. The first time was when the very first verse of the very first chapter of Matthew where Jesus is called the son of David. These blind men acknowledge that Jesus is the long-awaited Messiah. He is the king and the kingdom has come and they know that if he's the king and the kingdom is here, then they want to experience some of the kingdom blessings. 
And so Jesus asked them very directly, do you believe that I am able to do this? Jesus would not act on their behalf unless they professed their faith in his ability. And their response is, yes, Lord. And the text says he touched their eyes saying, according to your faith, be it done to you. Let me, let me, let me help you here because I don't want you to leave here thinking that when Jesus says, according to your faith, he's not saying to them that their healing is in proportion to their faith. No, 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 no. This is not about the quantity of faith, but the existence of faith. He's saying essentially to these blind men that that he's saying, in keeping with what you believe, I'm going to do this. Or or so as you believed, I'm doing this for you. The text says their eyes were opened. Beloved, to all of us here this morning, but especially to those who are desperate, Jesus has one question for you today. Do you believe that I am able? Do you believe that I am able to heal the diseases that plague your body? To the desperate, Jesus asks, do you believe that I am able to mend your broken heart? Do you believe that I am able to reconcile broken relationships? To the desperate, Jesus asked this morning, do you believe that I am able to revive your marriage? To the desperate, Jesus has one question, do you believe that I am able to provide when resources are few? Do you believe that I am able to make a way out of no way? Do you believe that I am able to save you from your sin? Do you believe that I am able to love you despite your unlovely ways and habits? Do you believe that I am able? That's the question that Jesus still has for his people this morning. Let's look at this third miracle story, the faith of a mute man in verses 32 and 35. A demon-possessed man who was mute is brought to Jesus. No record is given concerning the dialogue between Christ and the man. As I wrote that, I realized that this was about a mute man, so there would be no dialogue. (laughs) Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you very much. All we have here are the results. The demon was cast out. And the man spoke. The focus of this section is the two contrasting reactions to the miracle. Verse 33 says, and the crowds marveled, saying, never was anything like this seen in Israel. But the Pharisees said, he cast out demons by the prince of demons. The crowds marveled, but the Pharisees accused Jesus of working for the devil. The Pharisees are blind and speak out of their blindness. Everyone who has faith up until this point, Christ has transformed by his power. But the Pharisees have no faith that Jesus is the Christ 
And so they speak the unthinkable. Those are the stories. What then are we to do with these stories? First of all, something very simple. What Matthew is highlighting for us is the faith that we ought to put in this man who has all authority. We ought to simply believe that Jesus is the Messiah. To really understand what's happening here, we have to look at Isaiah chapter 35, verses 5 and 6. In Isaiah chapter 35, it's promised that God is coming, and when he comes, here's what he will do. Text says, then the eyes of the blind shall be opened, and the ears of the deaf unstopped. Then shall the lame man leap like a deer, and the tongue of the mute sing for joy, for waters break forth in the wilderness and streams in the desert. Clearly what Matthew is showing to us is that the king, the long-awaited Messiah, has come, and Messiah's kingdom is upon us. So simply, the result, the so what, is believe that Jesus is the Messiah. He is the one who comes to save and transform. Jesus, when he comes here, he's given, he, he has started to give us a foretaste of the kingdom of God. Jesus is reversing the curse of sin. When Jesus comes, he makes right the wrongs. Secondly, I think this text calls, reminds us that desperate times do indeed call for desperate faith. Truth of the matter is, no matter what your situation in life may be, we are all desperate. I want to share with you a quote from Eugene Peterson. He said, prayer is the language of the people who are in trouble and know it, and who believe or hope that God can get them out. Beloved, prayer is a demonstration of faith. And, and, and let, let me be clear. I understand these passages are not about prayer, but we see multiple, multiple people in our text crying out to Jesus for help. They come to Christ because they believe that he can change their situations. They know that they are in trouble. One person said, I only pray when I am in trouble, but I am in trouble all the time. And so I pray all the time. Beloved, the recipe for praying without ceasing is not a strict regimen of prayer, but a watchful recognition of the trouble that we are in. How does one cultivate desperate faith, you ask? You recognize that you are desperate. You recognize that without Christ, I am nothing. That without Christ, we are still in our sins. We are all desperate because if we don't abide in the vine, we as the branches will wilter and die. Finally, actually I got two more, so almost finally. <laughs> We need to acknowledge the authority of Christ. Beloved, the good news this morning is that Christ has all authority. 
There is nothing that is not already under his feet. Beloved, Jesus is in charge. This is the God we serve and worship. And Matthew pushes us this morning to not just be in awe of his authority, but to actually submit to his authority. More specifically, to trust in his authority. Love it, these stories, these miracle stories this morning remind us that there is nothing too hard for God. There is nothing impossible with God. And because Christ has all authority, Hebrews chapter 7, 25 tells us that Christ is able to save to the uttermost those who draw near to God through him since he always lives and make intercession for them. Beloved, Christ has authority to save sinners from their sins. And someone here is desperate because they've sought satisfaction, meaning, approval, and acceptance in many things, many peoples, or other religions. And they failed to fill the void in their life. And the truth of the matter is we are all desperate because we are all sinners. And that sin has separated us from our creator. And that sin has us under the penalty of eternal death. But the good news this morning is that God so loved desperate people, sinners, that he sent his one and only son to take our death penalty upon himself. And that same Jesus was buried and rose from the grave on the third day. And when he rose, he rose with all authority. The good news for somebody this morning is that our Christ stands ready with arms wide open to rescue you from the wrath of God because of your sins. This same Jesus offers forgiveness because he has the authority to do so. And so simply for somebody in this room or on this stream this morning, your response to these miracle stories of the authority of Christ is to believe in Christ and Christ alone for the forgiveness of sin. Worship team, you can make your way back this morning. Sometimes God will lead us to a place of desperation to create Faith in him and him alone. How many of us are in a desperate place, not because we're in a desperate place, because we've looked all around for answers and solutions. But we've failed to turn to the one who has all authority. And so this morning, if you find yourself in a desperate place, or in a desperate situation. The text this morning would say, put your faith in Christ. Turn to him. Have you come to the place where you can say, Lord, I am desperate for you. Jesus stands ready to make a way desperate people. There's some desperate people this morning who 
are struggling with anxiety and depression. And Jesus says, I have authority over that as well. Somebody else is in here desperate because your, your, your relationships are struggling. Friendships are struggling. You're being misunderstood and misrepresented. Jesus says, if you're desperate, I have all authority to turn things around. Desperation should lead us to Jesus and the one who has all authority. Let's stand.